Hey team, this is the Sports and Marriage Podcast, where we use our passion for sports to help us build a championship caliber relationship. I'm your host, Chad Thompson, here to coach you through the wins and losses of life, through the lens of our favorite sports. Let's kick it off. Welcome back. The NBA season started this this last week, 2022-2023 season. It got me thinking about what would be my all-time greatest NBA roster. We hear people talking all the time about, you know, what's your Mount Rushmore? Uh, what is your, you know, who, who are the top NBA players? Of course, the NBA, ESPN, uh, the NBA came out with their, their list of the top 75 players in the league for that, for that 75th uh, anniversary season. You know, but I, but I think what happens is in those lists, they just, they go down by individual player. But here's my, here's my problem. The individual player does not have legendary success by themselves. These are all team sports, especially in the NBA, the NFL, baseball. These are all team sports. And if you don't have the right people in the right places, never has anyone ever won any team sport by themselves. It doesn't matter how good you are if it is just Michael Jordan on the court all by himself. No one's guarding anybody else. He's not passing to anybody else. He's always just trying to shoot and to defend and to do everything by himself. He, he wouldn't be the greatest of all time. He, would, he wouldn't have won, and we wouldn't consider him the greatest if, if he was just a ball hog the whole time. So, and I think when, when you talk about the greatest players of all time, that's a different discussion. You can talk about the individual accomplishments, again, which they didn't, uh, they didn't acquire those accomplishments or those um, uh, yeah, those accomplishments without having other people around them. So I just think those, those lists are almost so hard to, to do. Uh, it's really almost not even worth it to me. I, I don't know that I really even pay attention to those things because these are all team sports. So I was thinking about the roster, but each roster in the NBA has certain positions. I started thinking about, okay, well, an NBA roster right now is 15 people. You've got 15 people in the NBA, NBA roster they're allowed to have on the team. So who, who are the, the top 15 that I would choose to be on my roster? Again, it may be a different list than who are the top individual players in the NBA of all time. Again, these are hard lists to, to, to develop because of different time, Sport was played a different way. People are bigger, stronger, faster. These days, strategy is different. The game has evolved. But I went ahead and tried to come up with the list of the top 15 players, excuse me, the top 15 positions I would fill on my roster, uh, the all-time NBA roster. Uh, we're going to start off with who I would argue I, I – really strongly feel that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the greatest NBA player of all time. I I understand Michael Jordan is probably 99.9% of everybody's number one player. 
top player, and then maybe LeBron for some people. Maybe there's somebody else, Magic or whoever. But uh, but I really feel like Kareem. If you talk about longevity, if you talk about uh, innovation, he 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 had an unblockable shot. Although I did, uh, you know, watching watching the NBA in the '80s, I did see it get blocked occasionally, rarely, and that was that was not during his heyday. That was not during his prime. That was during uh, as he as he began to wind down his career. When I was watching those games live, and as I rewatched some of the games against the Celtics and other people, occasionally someone would get a hand on a skyhook, but he he created a shot at his heyday. It was essentially an unblockable shot. So for me, the center of my team is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Again, a lot of great centers. We'll get to a couple more, but um, but I'm going to put Kareem in there uh, as the number one uh, center. Uh, we we'll go down the list to, to the power forward on my roster, along with you know Kareem can be the anchor. Kareem can be the anchor of the team. He can he can get you 30 plus points a game. Uh, hit him up in the post and get him get him those points. He'll get you the consistently that amount. So now now I need. Now I need rebounding and defense. Kareem in his, in his prime also, great defender, shot blocker. And again, all of these people I'm, I'm using in their primes. So who's the greatest rebounder ever and perhaps defender ever? I got to go with Dennis Rodman. Now, whatever you think about him personally or, or, or whatever, but at least on the court, I'm, I'm really struggling to find um, a better defender, a better rebounder. Was never a fan of his, uh, based on the teams that I liked and and who I was rooting for. But, uh, but yeah, sure, why not? De- Dennis Rodman as the as the power forward. Small forward. I'm going to throw the Le- LeBron in there. Scoring titles, athleticism, height, ball handling skills, uh, shooting. I mean, he's he's got uh, man, many I've heard describe him over the years as a combination of Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson. I don't think that's an unfair comparison. Um, maybe we just say he's LeBron. He's so unique. He's just different than everybody else, and you, and you can't really uh, have a comparison for him. So so we'll put LeBron in there, small forward. And then, of course, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, shooting guard, greatest shooting guard ever, Ex- excellent defender, uh, great jump shooter, take it to the hole, whatever you need. Jordan is there. So you've got defense. You've got ball handling with him. You've got ball handling with LeBron. And then, of course, my my belief is the greatest point guard ever was Magic Johnson. You've got uh, the consummate field general. And what I think is important about Magic and the point guard position is the point guard is the distributor of the ball. They need to get the ball to the right people at the right time, the, the right moment, to make sure the team is successful. So Magic was the master of that. Uh, his creativity and his passing, understanding of the game, his his uh, basketball IQ, off the charts. And then Magic had the versatility also in the later part of his career where he could take the scoring. He was more than happy to do the passing, and for years that's what he had to do. He had, he had Kareem, he had James Worthy, uh, and... Byron Scott, Michael, I mean, he had all these people that he could pass the ball to, but um, at a certain point, 87, 88 time frame, they gave him the ball. They said, you, you're going to be the primary scorer. 
Yeah, Kareem agreed to that. Again, I'm going to use them as an example of unselfish play. Uh, and in and, and one of our episodes, we're going we're gonna, to uh, juxtapose them against Kareem, uh, excuse me, Shaq and Kobe. Uh, you really find some interesting things there in my mind about how to be a good teammate and what does it lead to versus uh, when, you're, when you're fighting each other and, and what does that lead to. So, so yeah, Magic, uh, Magic is the number one. Uh, of course, he was my favorite player of all time myself. Uh, Kareem is quickly becoming almost maybe almost tied with Magic in my mind these days, but uh, but yeah. So so there we go. Kareem, Rodman, LeBron, MJ, Magic. Now I I hear what you're saying, especially in today's game. Where's the three point shooting? I got it. Uh, that would have been a great line, lineup maybe in the '80s without a ton of three point shooting involved. Uh, so that's why I created the roster here. Instead of just the top five, I guess in this case, that, that would be my starting five. But then very quickly off the bench, I would bring in some three-point shooting. Well, let's start with the center. we got to go with Bill Russell. I'm not a Celtics fan. I grew up a Lakers fan. So, uh, But you cannot deny 11 championships. And then more as a uh, manager uh, and, and all sorts of things. So Bill Russell, uh, just in general, the face of the league for so many years, you got to give him... Uh, the center position coming off the bench. Uh, but he may not be my sixth man, actually. You know, he may not be my sixth man. In fact, I'll get to I think is probably the sixth man pretty quickly. Actually, I would probably sub in the sixth and seventh man at the same time. Power forward, I'm going to give the nod to Carl Malone. Again, I need, I need some rebounding. Uh, I need some defending. Also a great shooter uh, in the in the... Um, in the post, uh, awesome, awesome mid-range jumper as well. I, and that's a little bit of bias. Again, some of these, some of these ratings are a little bit of bias. I know a lot of people might say Charles Barkley, um, can't argue with that, but, uh, Carmelone, uh, delivered as the Utah Jazz fans would say, the mailman delivered continually for that team for so long. I'm going to give, I'm going to give it to Carmelone as my power forward. He's going to come in off the bench and replace Rodman. And then uh, for small forward, again, I was not a, I was a Lakers fan growing up in the 80s, but I have to give Larry Bird small forward. The guy is passing, is, is shooting, so now we're getting after the three-point, and he would probably be either the sixth or seventh man to come off the bench for me. Shooting guard, I'm going to go with Kobe, um, defending in, in, in his prime, defending, scoring, creativity, competitiveness, competitive fire, leadership. Uh, he can come in with that second unit. They could sub out all at once if they wanted to. And he's going to fill right in for, uh, for where Michael Jordan is, is leaving off. And then I'm going to have Steph as the point guard. Uh, he, again, he's revolutionized the game. Um, people, The game has changed because of, of him and his abilities. To shoot, we need three-point shooting on our all-time roster. We got Larry Bird, one of the greatest ever. Steph Curry, one of the greatest shooters ever. On, on coming off our bench, hitting the threes for us. And again, what you know, if, if I were managing this team, you'd have your starting five, but then you're going to mix everybody in based on the the context, based on the the way the game is going. What do we need at the time? We're going to give him. Uh, we're going to give it to uh, Steph Curry and. And Larry Bird come in and hit the shot. So we're gonna we're gonna intermingle and mix these this lineup, 
as needed. Of course, it's the all-time roster, so um, so we can do that and not skip a beat. So NBA team these days they get to have 15 people on their roster on our, on their active roster. So we're gonna we're gonna go through the last five. I'm gonna give Tim Duncan the center position. Now maybe he would prefer the power forward position. Maybe we could throw some other centers in there. Certainly um, Wilt and Shaq and a few others that might have a case to be uh, our third string, I guess in this case center of all time uh, on our on our all time roster. A power forward. Again, it was a tight decision between Barkley and Malone. I went with my with my heart to put Malone above Barkley, but so so Barkley's a no-brainer on the on the third string. Uh, Scotty Pippen for power forward. Again, man, my heart really wanted to say James Worthy. The, both of them were in the top 50 NBA players of all time. I really wanted to go with James Worthy, but uh, because of my my heart. But Scotty Pippen proved it. He was the he was the uh, dynamic duo with with uh, Michael Jordan all those years. So let's give it to let's give it to Scottie Pippen. Give it to Scottie Pippen. Uh, Jerry West, I'm putting as a shooting guard or, and or point guard interchangeably with Oscar Robinson. Those, those are going to round up my my top 15 of all time. Put them in either position. Again, we're going to in our in our all time roster, we can mix and mingle all these lineups and put some, somebody with with somebody else and and have a, a great time mixing all those together. Uh, but but the reason I ch- again chose the roster is not be- because on an NBA team I can't have, uh, you know maybe my top five is of of all time just individual players maybe my top five is again for me probably Kareem, number one and then Michael Jordan and then LeBron. Perhaps in Magic again those those line up with, with my starting five, but I might not have Rodman as a as a individual player, as the number five. But I'm but I'm putting together a roster where I need certain players to be doing certain things and who is the best at getting rebounding rebounds and defense for me, which is, what, which is why I chose him for that particular position. Now, uh, you know, you, you, you can't just throw out, you know, you, you can't just throw out a bunch of, of, of guards, the greatest guards ever, and put them up against uh, an NBA roster. Uh, you're not going to have... Uh, Steph Curry playing center, right? Uh, because there are certain characteristics of these positions that are fairly standard. Again, you're not going to have a six foot two or three guy playing center. Now, Magic Johnson, as a point guard, six foot nine, did play center for an NBA uh, Finals game and helped the lead the Lakers to a championship over the Sixers. But um, and, oh, dang it! And I even forgot. Uh, Dr. J on on my list here. I I don't know how I could do that. I, too many too many to try to to fit on the team. Certainly, Dr. J could be on a top fifteen roster for sure uh, of all time. But uh, but yeah. So so there are going to be certain characteristics that each player has that's going to make them the best at at that particular position to fill that particular role. Uh, so we're going to take a, just a quick break. When we get back from the break, we'll cover you know, what, are, what are the roles based on position and what are some of the characteristics that these players have that uh, just, just in general for a team, uh, what are some of these characteristics? So let's take a, just a very short break. 
So when we're building our all-time NBA roster, we're not looking for the same people to do the same thing and distribute them across all the different positions. Everybody has a different role. Uh, they have different skills. They have different strengths. They have different abilities. But the key for them to be successful is for them to understand what their strengths are, uh, number one, and then to develop those strengths and then, you know, as a, as a team to compensate for when someone's having a bad day, compensate for that by utilizing your strengths or abilities or, or maybe taking on a different role occasionally in order to because because someone's not available. So let's look at this again. Uh, in some cases, the what makes uh, Kareem the best center of all time is God given gifts like being seven foot one, seven foot two, and combining seven foot two with the type of um, athleticism that he had, because not every seven foot two person. I remember the only time I've ever really called into a sports radio show is was in the late '90s, and this uh, this sportscaster in the local uh, place where I was living was talking about how um, Shaq was just like um, big country Brian Reeves. Um, and he was just a big dude that bullied everybody. And I and and so I called in. They kind of dismissed my comment. wasn't very good, uh, maybe. But my point was, he's just as big as as big country, and he and he's more skilled. So it's not just that he's beating up everybody. You can't be just big and push everybody around. And that's how you're getting things done. There were plenty. There were enough big big dudes in the NBA for Shaq to have to deal with. You still had to have some skill. You still had to have some athleticism. You still had to have um, a little bit of talent there. So, so what you got is these innate gifts that will help you uh, with the success on your team. Um, so Kareem had those, so he starts with those. And then he had the will and the drive to develop those talents. The skyhook is not an easy shot. In fact, I remember Kareem has been brought in for several centers uh, to include like a, a Sean Bradley and a few other centers to try to show them how to shoot the skyhook. But they just couldn't, they couldn't do it as well as he did, even though they had maybe some of the same um, height and some of the same, some, same athleticism. But Kareem had the combination where the skyhook became such a lethal weapon. So you have the innate gifts and talents. You have the uh, ability and the drive to develop those talents and to build on those things. And then you have to be available in order to be the greatest uh, on any given roster or on the greatest uh, team. You know, there's been plenty of guys who, um, who were maybe the best. I, I, and, and I'm switching gears here on, to a different sport, but the first thing person that comes to my mind in terms of the greatest, at, one of the greatest athletes ever is Bo Jackson. But he wasn't wasn't able to um, maybe demonstrate that because of his significant hip injury. I remember watching that that playoff game where he got hurt, and he was just he was incredible. Those of you that play Super Tecmo Bowl, the guy was unbeatable, uh, unstoppable, uh, and and that was not a, uh, a a tremendous exaggeration for what it was like on the actual football field, but. He couldn't be end up being the greatest running back ever because he was not available to do that because of injury or other things that happened. So the key to take an all-time talented roster is to, is 
to, to turn that into a team, excuse me. So you might have the most talent, but you just have a bunch of talent and you don't ha have the chemistry, which is what the I think a lot of people are talking about with the, with the Lakers this year in 2022, 2023. They have a lot of talent, but are they a team? Uh, maybe the, the LA Clippers right now, they have a lot of talent. Are they going to be the best team, the best chemistry? Excuse me, but... Um, you know, a lot of, again, prognosticators are talking about maybe the Warriors being the best team. They, they still have to develop maybe some of the younger players into the talents that they should be. But right now, they're the best team. And, and that's why many people are expecting them to, to do well and, and make it to the finals again in, in a, lot of, um, a lot of people's estimation. So, or I, I guess I heard Colin Cowherd um, comparing the Warriors to, uh, to the Brooklyn Nets. Where they have a lot of talent, they have very talented individual players, but the team is not there. Uh, and part of that is everybody doing their job and knowing what their role is, and executing it. Um, you know, Bill Belichick and the Patriots are fond of saying it's one of their mottos. Maybe they've got it patented, so you know, give credit to them. But do your job is their motto. I heard one uh, football coach, a college football coach, call it doing your your one eleventh. You know, in football, so in basketball, that's the one fifth. Do your job. And then together, if we're all doing our job based on our strengths, our availability, um, and our uh, innate abilities, then we uh, we can you know utilize those to to be successful and become the greatest team uh, ever. So a lot of other factors that go into it, but specifically, I wanted to focus on at least in uh, this particular episode on. Knowing what your job is, um, and you know, making adjustments as necessary. Uh, so, in the next segment here, we're going to apply this idea to marriage and how how it works out in our relationships. So, how does this apply to our marriages, to our relationships? Uh, one of the things that uh, that people fight the most about in their relationships is household responsibility. So there, there's a lot of things we fight about. Um, there's a lot of, of, of ways that we get ourselves into trouble uh, with each other. But um, a couple of the main themes typically are money. Uh, we handle money differently and we have arguments about that. Um, and, then, and then sex is another thing that we argue about. Them. But one of the other top uh, you know, you look at any any list, the top ten um, issues that people deal with in marriage. You'll see top five, ten, top ten list. You'll typically see household responsibilities in here, and there's a lot of ways in the in the in the culture of the United States. There's a lot, a lot of reasons for that, uh, but um, but we definitely see people getting in these these arguments, and it's because our roles are not well defined. You know, again, in, in, a, in an NBA team, we're, we're not going to put the, the, the person who doesn't have the innate ability, uh, the innate gifts, uh, the God-given gifts of height and size and strength. We're not going to put uh, the, the smallest guy at the center position to, to guard the center of the other team. It just would not be a good, a good fit and a good matchup. Uh, we're not going to put a hurt person out there. Um, we're not going to put someone who's not good at uh, passing and make them the lead ball handler or, or not uh, or dribbling, regardless of their height or their their stature. But if they can't, you know, we we see six nine guys 
you know, get, let's just compare three, six, nine guys. Uh, so I'm, as I, as as far as I remember, Carl Malone was about six foot nine inches tall. Magic Johnson, six foot nine inches tall. LeBron James, six foot nine inches tall. All three vastly different. Uh, they all have the same size, the same height, maybe, but they have different things that are that they're better at. Uh, than than the other people, and we might even say one is better than the other two at cert, at, at all of the things. I don't know, but but if you just think about those three players, they're all the same height, uh, but they have different you know strengths and abilities. So identifying the right person to do the right job is important in our relationships. So if you uh, what, you know what about cooking? What about cooking? So. We, we're always, typically we're going to get together as a, as a couple, as a family, in our teams in the evening at dinner time. Normally, based on a traditional kind of culture, the way we've been raised, dinner time is the meal that we share together. Breakfast isn't always able to do that. Lunch is typically not able to, to do that. Uh, but in dinner time, we're all going to get together. So who's cooking the meal? Well, you can make the decision about that in your relationship in a lot of ways. So it might be just who's more talented at cooking. Uh, maybe who enjoys cooking more and they're going to put more love and attention and, and effort into it because they have a passion for it. That may be how you decide. But if that person is the is the person that is uh, get, gets home the latest and by the time they get home and then they start cooking because they like to put a lot of love into it, it takes a little bit of time and they, they do all the homemade ingredients and they, they cut up all the the vegetables uh, and the seasoning and everything, etc., is all fresh, and they want to go shopping. We're going to let that person do it on a regular basis. Then maybe we're all eating really late, and it's not helpful for all the members of the team to do that. So instead of the person that's most talented, instead we might choose the person who is most available. They get home sooner, and they can still do the cooking. Maybe they don't enjoy it, but they, they make it happen. They get it done. So we're looking at the person that's most available in that case. Uh, but the, the key is, the key to success, and the reason that we have a hard time with this is that the person that doesn't like cooking is the one that ends up doing it because of the way things are. So, that, so, that, so then they're upset that they have to do it. The person who enjoys cooking, maybe the quality of the of cooking by the other person who's most available isn't as good, so, um, so they're disappointed with the, the way the meals are. Uh, and so now we have conflict over it. Well, why don't why don't you do it then? Uh, if you if you enjoy it so much, well, you know I don't have the time. And so the the challenge is not that um, you know we, we I think we can easily recognize that one person is better suited to do a certain job, but what but what is the reason? Um, you know I I in in our house I like to do the toilets. My my mom trained us and got us to do the toilets really well, and she had a certain standard, and you had to get it right. Or you had to do it again, or you had to do, you know, you had to continue to do it until you got the the toilet clean the right way. So I've been brought up with a a certain standard. And my teammate, um, and my the teammates we've added since uh, getting uh, since starting our team way back twenty five years ago. Uh, you know, my spouse and my kids. I have to teach them the the kids to do it the the, the right way, or my spouse she just didn't learn to do it the same way, and. Instead of arguing about it, I just say, well, I'll just do it. But, but there are times where I'm not available. In my current job, I've gone away for months at a time, so someone else has to do 
that job. Um, but, you know, so, so whatever it is, my, my, my teammate handles the budget. She actually loves it. Um, I look at the, look at the uh, budget at the end of the, at the end of the month or a, a, after we finish, and I realize, okay, I got paid a certain amount. It looks like a pretty decent amount, and then I realize how many bills we have, and then I get upset and depressed or whatever. So, I, you know, she doesn't. That doesn't affect her. It doesn't, and she actually enjoys it. She likes to see, hey, we paid all of this off, or we did this, and we did that, and and she likes to see all of that. So, hey, um, she has taken on that responsibility. The hard part for us is when, you know, I, I'm not as tied in and then I, and then I don't know and then I get, uh, it's uncertain and I'm frustrated and there's not, maybe I'm not communicating about it uh, very well. Uh, so, you know, some people are going to be more talented at certain things and so we're going to identify them as the person that does that job. Some people uh, are more available to do the job and so we're going to choose them to do a certain job at a certain time. But, but there are those occasions, you know, so in the, in the sports world, we go back to um, in, in 1980, the finals between the Lakers and the, um, and the 76ers. Kareem was the workhorse. He was the, you know, uh, going to be the MVP of that finals. And then he gets hurt in game five. Uh, and, you know, many people thought the, the series was doomed. Kareem is, is out. But Magic steps in, and he ends up playing center. He scores, uh, you know, 30-plus points that game, rebounds, shot blocking, assists, all the above. He ends up uh, becoming the MVP of the whole series as well as that, that game as they won the championship because he had to fill the role of the center. So he was six foot nine. He was still, you know, pretty young at that time. He filled in as the center tipped, you know, tipped the, uh, did the tip off and, and, and filled in as a center. He ends up um, becoming the MVP and winning the game. Uh, but clearly for that whole season, the MVP of the whole season for the Lakers was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He got him to that point. The great thing about that message is that it wasn't Magic saying, hey, I did it. He, he, he was, you know, this is for Kareem. This is, this is what we all were, were we're working for it, and I just stepped in and filled in to help in a moment's notice. Um, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't, and didn't do that. He didn't take Kareem's place after that as the center of the team for the the rest of his career. He he played the role that he normally played, but he had the versatility to come in and do it. So so we have to do a little bit of of cross training. We have to do a little a bit of expectation management when someone else has to step in and do those roles. But I find that. Uh, that when I'm talking to people, married couples, they um, have these preconceived notions of who should do what in the relationship. And a lot of that is based on, you know, how we've been raised in our culture, what we've seen on TV, certain people in, in certain positions in a marriage do certain things because that's what we saw. A lot of times that is based on gender, gender stereotypes and gender roles. Uh, it's it's interesting to me that in today's day and age, so many people, you know, b back in the 50s, maybe more women were staying home, um, and so so we expect that the that the woman in the relationship is going to handle the household responsibilities, and and the guys are, 
known for going out and, and taking care of the lawn and, and working on the cars and um, all of these things. So we, we kind of define those based on these um, cultural uh, stereotypes that we've seen. And so then when, when you know, I, I expected my spouse to do something, you know, w- w- be, be an amazing cook or, or whatever, um, because my mom was a cook and, and she took care of those responsibilities. And so I'm expecting my spouse to do that. But then when she doesn't or she doesn't do it at a, a quality that I was used to or, or whatever, and my wife does a, f- a fine job uh, with that and for decades has, has done it. But it's not her preference. She, she doesn't get joy out of it. She does well at it, but she's just not, that's not her thing. So that's fine if it's not your thing. But um, she took on the responsibility based on the roles that we defined at the beginning of who was going to do what. Um, I've said many, many times, she doesn't like it when I say it, but if she were, would have, would have been the primary, uh, we, we would have focused on her career more than, than mine. I think probably we would be, um, doing, uh, have, have a lot more money in the bank than we do right now. Uh, but uh, she again, doesn't like it when I say that, but we decided at a certain time, this is what was going to happen and, and who was going to do certain roles. So, um, I do find that when I'm talking to people, it, it's expected that the that the um, the female in the relationship is going to do certain things, and the male in the relationship is going to do certain things, and that those are what we argue about because this person's not doing what I'm used to seeing my family of origin do, and that creates the problem. But the, the reality is, hey, let's let's sit down, let's define our roles, and let's decide who gets what role based on the best strategy. So you're going to get this role because you know what? You're just home at a certain time and it's better for you to do this. Um, you know, you really enjoy, enjoy doing the lawn. And so I'm, and so we're going to let you do that because you're really good at that and you enjoy it. Uh, you're really good at uh, doing the budget and you enjoy it. So we're going to let you do that. Um, and then maybe there, but then again, of course, there's jobs that no one wants to do, right? No one wants to take out the trash. And so maybe the expectation is, well, the dude takes out the trash. Okay, well, I don't want to take the trash. Neither do you. So we just let the trash pile up until, uh, until it's like a, a, a game of Jenga to see, you know, if, if we add the last, the last piece, is, is it going to fall, all fall down? Uh, you know, and those, and those are the other places where we see the conflict. I don't want to do that job. You know, like maybe in the NBA, I don't want to be the rebounder. I don't want to be the defender. I want to be the guy that carries the ball up. I want to do the shooting. Well, someone's got to do the dirty work, and someone's got to, so so. Then we have to also negotiate that. Well, listen, I would do it, but I can't. Or 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 in this case, neither of us want to do it, but someone has to do it. You know, and there's probably multiple of those things where we can negotiate and compromise, and decide who's gonna who's gonna do this job. And then we ha- when we have a conflict about it, then we then we resolve the conflict, and we'll get into conflict resolution one of these days. But for now. Um, you know, make these decisions based on who's the best. And if we can't just have who's the best, then we might have to go with who's available. So ability or availability or maybe both or maybe neither. And how do we discuss these things? How do we work these things out? That's our goal in in our relationships. All right, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Thanks again for listening in. Please share, like, subscribe, give a rating, make sure it's five stars. 
do what you need to do. Listen, we, we're all in this together. I'm having fun doing this. Uh, hopefully, it's uh, helpful, and, and we're trying to reach a, a particular audience that I think sometimes needs to hear, uh, hear this thing, uh, this stuff. But just remember, hey, we're all... Uh, if you're married, you have problems. I'll say that until I'm blue in the face, until I die. If you're married, you have problems, and that's okay. Everybody does. So, um, you know, if you if you try to be different and you uh, get uncomfortable and stay hungry, uh, you'll be motivated to build the greatest marriage of all time. Take what you have and build it into a Hall of Fame marriage, the greatest marriage of all time, a marriage that people will be talking about for generations, uh, and 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 that comes through that hard work. So once again, thanks for listening. Um, leave some comments if you have questions or you have a specific topic you want you want me to cover. Be glad to do that as well. Uh, until next time, thanks for listening to this episode, and we'll catch you next week. Sports and Marriage Podcast is written, produced, directed, and pretty much everything else done by me, Chad Thompson. A special thanks to the podcast hosting app Anchor and to Spotify. You can also find this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Any opinions expressed in this podcast are my own and do not reflect the policies or opinions of my employer or any other organizations I belong to.